Hey guys, it's Emma and Shannon, and welcome back to our podcast, She's an Engineer. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about starting a new job and also starting medical school. So I just started a new job about a month ago, and I have a few tips and tricks to share from what I've learned. And Emma just started med school today, so she has a little bit of experience under her belt now, and we're just going to start talking about what we have learned. So since it's fresh on your mind, Emma, do you want to go ahead and go first? Yeah, sure. I mean, actually, I've been taking classes since the end of May. I was also like working still at that time. But those are all, like, online classes, public health classes, so not, like, it is related to medical school, but not, like, directly related to the practice of medicine. Like, I didn't practice. Like, public health is related to medicine. However, I wasn't, like, directly practicing being a doctor, if that makes sense to everyone. But, yes, we literally started this week. Um, On Tuesday, I had my first clinical reasoning class, which just means that we'll go over a case that they present to us and we, like, let's say this patient has a fever, like we evaluate them for the source of the fever and like other symptoms and ask for other symptoms that they may have. We make some differential diagnoses and figure out what types of labs and what other questions we would need to ask to like really get to the root of the problem and when I first did that that was like really hard for me because even though it was like a simple case like a fever uh, which most of the time doesn't seem that terrible like it's a very common thing Mm -hmm. um, but the fact that it is a very common thing means that it can come from a variety of different sources And so making that differential diagnosis was like actually quite difficult because there are so many things that can be happening. Um, And at first I like really didn't even know like what kind of questions I should be asking or like even like what order of questions I should ask or like what I should even be like looking for focusing on. And I felt pretty lost um, because I had gotten the paper like last week and I was, like, trying to do it for Tuesday. Um, and I ended up finding, like, using, like, the online resource or the online database that they told us to use. That's through the medical school. And that was still pretty helpful. But, like, actually going to the class and, and going through the entire case with the professor was definitely the most helpful thing. Just because there are, like, a lot of things that I don't know or we don't know yet. So... My biggest tip from that would be to, like, keep your mind open um, for, like, new information and don't get too discouraged when you are not sure what you're doing because, like, at least, like, give it a try and even if you're, like, not correct, the medical school professor or whoever you're discussing it with, they're there to help you and you're there to learn and and making mistakes is part of learning and I think like you'll learn a lot more by doing those things now. And at least like if you have read up on a bunch of differential diagnoses, then you have a lot more terms that you know and a lot more things that you know you would need to like ask about. Um, And so that actually really helped me for 
my day in the clinic today because it was like related to like abdominal pain and we like saw some abdominal abdominal pain today as well. So yeah, don't get discouraged. Just try your best. They're they're really nice about it. Like they're they're willing to like go through everything and like teach you as long as you ask questions, you know, like when they say like, do you have any questions? Like if you have questions, you definitely should ask because like if you don't have questions, like and you assume that you like understand everything that's going on, like of course it's good to understand a lot of things, but the more you ask questions, the more I think you'll gain from the experience. Yeah. And yeah. So then after Tuesday, my first day in the clinic was actually yesterday afternoon. I felt pretty lost when I went in as well because I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing there. And um, they were asking me some questions related to some patients and I was like uh I don't know if like they realized at first that I was like a first year medical student and this is before we've taken like our real like medical school classes like our actual medical school classes don't start until August and so I guess I should explain why I'm starting earlier than the medical school classes. Because normally you would think that like medical students don't go into the clinic and don't try to practice until they actually start classes, right? And that is the case, but I'm actually in a three-year program um, for primary care. So within this three-year program, I need to start these like clinical preceptorships. That's what they're called, where you like follow around a specific clinician um, for basically like the whole year or a semester or a month long, however long they decide it is. And I need to start that early because I, I need to get that clinical experience in early because I am graduating in three years. And yeah, I think it's like really great exposure to medicine early. I think it will really help me like moving forward in medical school to already have like some, some experience under my belt. Yes, yesterday I felt very lost. I was like, what can I do? I was basically just like shadowing almost and standing behind like other people or like standing standing with like the other, the residents or the attending, whoever was in the room with me. And I basically couldn't do anything because, you know, I don't know what to ask. And I don't know sometimes like what they're necessarily looking for. They ask questions like they ask like pointed questions. They ask questions like for a reason to get to like a specific diagnosis perhaps. Um, But like at that point, I I, like didn't even know why they were asking specific questions or even like what order or like what realm of questions to like ask the patient at first. Right. But even just having like yesterday's experience and like discussing with the clinicians and like listening to everyone else talk about their cases and and listening to the patients and just like watching all these like physical exams I definitely felt much more comfortable today like today like I actually had questions to ask the patients that like maybe the resident not like didn't like miss but like she like allowed me to ask some questions and that like gave us some like more information about this specific patient's like illness and so that definitely kind of like boosted my confidence in that like sure I still don't necessarily know 
exactly what I'm doing because obviously I'm a student, right? I'm in training. That's why I'm in training. That's why medical school is three or four years. But then actually being able to ask some questions and and knowing a little bit more of like why they're asking a specific question and like getting a sense for like how the clinic worked and like how I should be interacting with the patients and just like getting more comfortable within the environment because of course your environment is changing as well like being a medical student is like much different than being like a volunteer in the hospital right like as a volunteer in the hospital you're not necessarily like required to like retain like medical knowledge or like ask the patients about their specific medical case uh because that's, like, not your, like, duty. But, like, just being in that environment for, like, a full day today, um, by the end of the day, I felt pretty comfortable. And, like, my preceptor, who was the attending for the day, was, like, very nice. Um, It was good. And he explained a lot of things about medicine. And I learned a ton. And, you know, I just think, like, the more I go into the clinic and the more things I write down and the more questions I ask, um, the better I'll be. And maybe perhaps, I don't know, six months down the line, I might be able to like start doing some initial examination of the patient, I hope. That's awesome. I do have one question. What exactly does working at the clinic entail? Like, are you going into patients' rooms and then what's the severity of their illnesses and how does that all work? Yeah, so the specific clinic that I'm at right now is an outpatient clinic. So what that means is that like inpatient inpatient versus outpatient. So inpatient is when you think about someone like being in a hospital room for like quite some time or like residing there overnight and they're in for some surgery or some like illness where they need to be managed there by the hospital. Outpatient, you think more of like when you go to your PCP, so your primary care provider and you go for like your yearly checkup or you go there because I don't know, like your ears have been bothering you or you've been getting like a stomach ache and you don't know why. And it's more of like those, a lot of these illnesses are like less severe because if they were like super severe, like super like emergent, they probably would have already gone to the hospital. Not that like you don't see those types of cases in the primary care setting, you definitely do even in outpatient because people will come in, they don't know what's going on, right? And they're, they're not sure, like, why they're having this illness, but, like, really their appendix already burst, right? And so they <laughs> mm-hmm. do need to go to the hospital. So we can refer them into the hospital. But within the outpatient clinic, yeah, like, it's, like, people come into the clinic. They have an appointment there for, like, 2 p.m. or something like that. And the nurse checks them in. Um, and they sit in the room. And then we come in for uh, their exam. So sometimes they're like well child exams so like this is also a pediatric clinic as well because I'm on a med peds rotation which means that it's both like adult and children patients Mm -hmm. so you're evaluating or you're seeing you're able to see both like adults and children and 
yeah, like, if you think about it, like, you probably go in for, like, an annual physical. Sometimes that's all you see. Or sometimes it's, like, they come back in for a follow-up because, like, I don't know, we're trying to help them manage their diabetes or manage a specific, I don't know, something else that was going on with them that they need to come in for a follow-up on. Like, they were having back pain and, like, we referred them to, like, uh, physical therapy or something and they come back in they're like, oh, yeah, like, my back pain's gone, but, like, you know, I have this other stomach pain, so can you help me? That sort of thing. Um, so, like, none of the patients that, like, I've seen so far and I obviously, like, I'm following, like, all HIPAA, like, I'm not naming any patients and I'm not specifically saying any of, like, their specific illnesses. I'm just saying, like, in general, a lot of the uh, patients that were seen are either, like, acutely sick, which means, like, they haven't been sick for too long or they're, like, they have, like, some sort of, like, mild illness and... Or they're, they're just coming in for a follow-up and they're totally fine, but they just need to get checked up once a year. Okay. Yeah. But that's what I've been doing so far. Uh, but this is only, like, one type of rotation that I'll have. So, like, I will be also able to go into an FQHC, which is a federal qualified health clinic, and... That's like a whole different thing because right now the, the clinic that I'm in is inside the hospital and the FQHC is like, I think it might be a freestanding clinic. Don't quote me on that. I'm like, I haven't been there yet, so I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it's like more akin to like a freestanding clinic where like you think of like a community health center or something like that. Um and it's generally more for, like, underserved populations. So I should be able to go in there by the end of the month, hopefully, once they figure out admin issues, because, of course, there will be admin issues. Oh, yeah, that is something to note. Like, don't get too frustrated when there are admin issues. I know that, like, it's annoying when things happen and you can't do things because either you don't have the right clearances or you don't have the right training or just, like, specifically, like, they haven't gotten you into the system yet. It happens. Just know that it happens to everybody when you're first starting out. So don't feel too discouraged by that either. Wow. I feel like I'm learning so much about the medical field and med school from you. It's like its own little <laughs> world. But I recently met someone who is going into medical school. So I feel like I could have a conversation with him and ask more than just service level questions. So I always like Yay. hearing about your experiences. Yeah, I love to share and I love to hear about your experiences as well. Um, I think it's like good to have a good grasp on like um, a ton of different fields just to know like what's going on and and even mm -hmm. when doing that like maybe you can like help yourself when you're going to your own like doctor visits or something like that like you can be more helpful to the doctor or or you can help the doctor be more helpful to you does that make sense 
Yeah, future episode after you become a doctor, then we can talk about what you should be telling your doctor, what's important, what's not important. I feel like that would actually be very helpful to people. <laughs> yeah, that would be really helpful. Uh, come back in three years. And yeah, maybe we'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Do you have any other questions? Like, did I explain like how it, um, how it went well enough? Like, did I impart enough advice? I mean, we can always go so. more into advice later. I guess one more question. I'm just curious about what is your n- normal schedule like? Do you have your class on Tuesday and then you're in the clinic Wednesdays and Thursdays? You the full week? Um, yeah. Yeah, so right now, because we're not in specific, like, medical school classes with all of the Mm -hmm. other med students that are, you know, doing the normal program, we do have our clinical reasoning class on Tuesday, and that's, like, an hour to, like, two hours, Um, and I'm still taking, like, two other asynchronous online classes, so, like, I just get things done by the due date, right? Like, I don't have, like, specific times that I need to, like, go to class, but I do need to, like, set aside time to, like, figure out how to Mm -hmm. do that. And then for this week, yes, like, I went in on, like, Wednesday and Thursday, and next week I think I'm also going in on Wednesday and Thursday. So yesterday I went in for a half day, and today I went in for a full day. Okay. So basically, like, you could go in for three half days or one full day and one half day. But they, like, set that schedule for us, and it just really depends on, like, what clinician you're working with and, like, what clinic you're supposed to be going to, like, with them because they have a set schedule, right? Like, so let's say my clinician is in this specific clinic on Wednesdays and Thursdays. That's when – and I'm supposed to go with him to this specific clinic because they Mm -hmm. want me to shadow him in this specific – or follow him in this specific clinic, then I would go in at the times that he's here. But let's say that he, like, he goes into the FQHC and they want me to go into the FQHC with him. And let's say he goes in there on, like, Mondays and Fridays. So then I would have to shadow him on Mondays and Fridays. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because basically for a preceptorship, you're supposed to, like, follow someone long term it's like a longitudinal thing Mm -hmm. so yeah so you get like a bunch of experience with this person and um I don't know I think it's really good because then they know like what you do and do not know and they know how to like challenge you or or what you Mm -hmm. can specifically do in the clinic because they've like seen you um do things with them like a bunch of different times right yeah really good one-on-one interactions with someone yeah I think you kind of build that relationship up yeah I think Mm -hmm. it's good yeah I wouldn't want to be like it it's like really amazing though because like today there was like a fourth year med student that came in and she like did like exams like by herself and like basically came up with a differential diagnosis and like consulted with the physician and basically they just like agreed with each other And it was, like, I was, like, will I be able to do that? Like, I feel like right now I can't imagine being able to do that, like, being that Mm -hmm. confident and having that much, like, knowledge on all these different diseases and all these different, like, organ systems and things like that. But I guess that's the point of med school, right? Yeah. In a few years, that'll be you. Yeah. I hope so. (laughs) But, yeah. Um... I don't know. Let's. I'll pass the torch off to you. How has your um, 
first month of working been? Yeah, so tomorrow marks the last day of my first month. I've been at this company exactly for four weeks. I kind of want to rewind though and talk about the transition from school to a full-time career because I think this is kind of important to talk about and coming from grad school so having like bachelor's and then master's six years of schooling consecutively jumping into a job what that has been like for me so my last semester of graduate school was very hard wrapping up my grad project all my classes and working as a TA so I felt like I was under a lot of pressure and a lot of stress because when you're done with school you always have to study or like work on projects your your mind is never like free from school so I remember like having my final exams and final projects all end the end of April and then almost thinking to myself what do I do next I have no commitments this feels strange (laughs) so I did um take a little vacation and visit family for about a month and that was kind of my transition period I think for a good two weeks after the semester I just felt a little lost because my purpose had been grad school for so long and I had specific tasks to do and like people were grading them and you know my projects I was working on my advisor would look at it and give me feedback but all of a sudden I had no commitments nothing to do besides just enjoy my life and that transition was really hard it was I had to refine my purpose in life because school just takes up so much mental space in your head so um I I also didn't have a job right when I graduated, so that was that was a concern for me. I was like, okay, I'm doing all these fun things and I have all the time in the world, but I don't have all the money in the world. <laughs> so that extra factor of not having a job. Um, luckily, I, I did get my job offer midway through May. So it took a lot of stress and pressure off my back when I was visiting family. So I I got an offer mid-May and my start date was the end of June. So in total, I had the whole month of May to myself and then like most of the month, month of June to just refresh and transition to full-time working and like get over because I moved cities too. So pack up and move. And it was nice to take off I guess six seven weeks of time I know I've heard of people taking a few months off after graduating before starting their job it really depends on how flexible the company is but I do think it would probably be pretty hard to transition like within one week or two week of graduating so my advice if you can take off a month or two before starting a new job just to kind of refocus your career goals and mentality Um, So fast forward post acceptance of job offer and I guess post move too because I moved into an apartment before my first day. So I scoped out where the office was and I think this is kind of important to figure out your commute how long it'll take if you're driving. I decided to walk so if you're walking to like what streets are the best for pedestrians and same with biking too so maybe like take a little drive or a little stroll to your new office the day before so you have it planned out you know where the parking garage is and everything 
And also, before you start your job, I asked one of the managers at my company what the dress code was, because I think this can vary pretty greatly. In most like civil engineering fields, it's it's pretty laid back with dress code, but depending on the company, it could be business, maybe not exactly business formal, but you know, no jeans, step up from business casual. Uh, our office was pretty flexible, whatever you wanted to wear. I think that was pretty much all I, I prepared for the for my first day. I had some of the employees I'd be working with added on LinkedIn. So I had a bunch of connections that I could reach out to and they offered uh, if I needed help with anything or if I had any questions, like feel free to ask them. So I think if you're confused about anything, um, make sure you ask, especially if you don't have like normally for your first day, they'll kind of send you a schedule beforehand so you know what time to get there. Um, but if not, yeah, feel free to reach out and ask to them. So my first day, now it's kind of fun to reflect back on it, but I was I was pretty nervous. I remember the night before kind of freaking out because I didn't know what to wear. I didn't know if I would be like too formal or underdressed and I kind of just went with my gut and it was fine. Like no one there really cared. So don't stress out too much your first day. And I think it's also important to be yourself and know yourself. That's pretty cliche, but I think just meeting people as you you are, as you truly are, is probably good. I tend to be a little bit quieter meeting people. I, I do, I'm like, I'm pretty friendly, but, you know, it's okay to, to just be yourself and not overdo it for your first day because you're going to be working with these people hopefully for many years to come so they really want to get to know you and I'm sure you want to get to know them so my first day went pretty smoothly I got all set up in my office and I had a bunch of online training videos pretty much my whole week was online training videos but I think something that the company I work for did really well was they set up a lot of one-on-one introduction meetings. They called them coffee chats, which is which is kind of fun. And I got to meet a whole bunch of the people in the Boise office and in other offices across the U.S. that I could possibly work on their project. So I just got to meet so many people my first day and my first few weeks there. And I... I think that was really great. I'm glad they set that up. So going back to my first day, me and a few other people that were working from the office went out to lunch and it was just nice to see them in a more social setting, even if it's still like a work lunch and and get to know everyone. I'm pretty, pretty lucky because there are also some other newer employees there. So I feel like they they knew what I was going through because they it happened they had to experience it just a month or two months ago yeah my first day was a lot of introductions (laughs) let's put it that way and I also had a one-on-one with my boss which I think is is pretty important is getting to know your your manager supervisor and figuring out what your position will entail what they expect of you and um how you feel like you could be an asset to this company so yeah I just remember trying to make 
connections and relationships with everyone. Um, I kind of transitioned into my first week because my first day was was just like so fast. I mean, my first month has gone by very quickly. Oh, um, yeah. Definitely. Oh, can I cut in for a second? Sure. Sorry yeah, go about ahead. that. Um, I noticed that you mentioned you should meet with your boss to see what they mm-hmm. expect of you. But also in this initial meeting, I found out from like training that I've done previously, like at previous jobs, um, where we specifically had someone telling us like, hey, like these are the things you should discuss with like your immediate supervisor Mm -hmm. um, because it'll make this the best experience for you is like, what do you expect from this job? Like, what do you want to gain from like what sort of skills do you want to like learn? And I know like some jobs like you won't be able to specifically say these things but you should also like set some expectations yourself like for them set some boundaries and also set some expectations especially for like things that you want to accomplish while you're there yes so yeah that's that's a really good point kind of moving on to my first month at a glance i i do think my company they have a feedback system where you can set your own goals and you can also get feedback for particular projects which is great and something I'm currently working on is setting my performance goals and my development goals so like you said um, maybe making that into a more tangible goal deciding what new skills you want to learn or what new software you want to learn or for example I want to learn ArcGIS and and finish all of my training for field work (laughs) and performance wise I think it's good to set goals on what kind of projects you want to work on or like how many projects you want completed by a certain date so setting goals to make sure you're not just getting stuck in your job is great so you keep like moving up working hard and you know hopefully moving up in the company or that's what it leads to moving up in the company so oh and then you also said set boundaries and I think that's another great thing not so much in your first year because I think you're just pretty much learning and grabbing any project you can get but it is, it is probably nice to set boundaries. Like if you want to take an hour lunch every day, um, you still work your eight hours besides that. But, you know, go out to lunch. Make sure you get that hour and like refresh and then come back for the rest of the day. Or if you only want to work 40 hours a week, then make sure you only work 40 hours a week. Um, so that is, that is pretty important. <laughs> Sorry, we're not saying mm-hmm. like slack off or like don't put your book your best like foot forward or or yeah. don't make your best effort, but we're just saying like there are some things that you might need to mm-hmm. live a happy and healthy life and to also be able to be productive at work. Yes, I think I think one thing I'm slowly adjusting to is this isn't an internship. I'm gonna be here for a while, so. so starting off doing what I want to do when it comes to my schedule and whatnot and like you said still working really hard um but just letting people know like your boundaries basically and I think my last piece of advice which is something everyone keeps telling me is particularly for engineering consulting 
you can get work from pretty much like anyone in your office at least I think most most offices do that and it's often a wide diverse range of projects and I think it's always good to just take on whatever you can because as an entry-level engineer you don't exactly know what you like or maybe what you're good at yet so just do work in wastewater and drinking water and remediation this is kind of like specific to me but just take on whatever work you can get your hands on and do that for I would say probably a good year and learn what you like and then you can start specializing later but getting a bunch of skills will also make you more valuable to the company and probably more interesting for yourself too to work on a bunch of different stuff when you're young and like excited for these projects so that has been my first month in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. Can I ask a question? Yes. Yeah. So thus far, do you think you've chosen a good company where you can like learn a lot and grow a lot mm-hmm. and have the type of lifestyle you want? Yes. So far, I am very happy with my decision. I... Got to meet the CEO yesterday. He came into our office and and talked to everyone because we won a pretty big project for the city. And he is our executive sponsor on it. So he came to go to some meetings and also just talk to the office. And, and since there's a bunch of new people, talk to them about our company's goals and purpose and mission statement. So I think that just kind of solidified my excitement for this job. I work with so many amazing engineers. A lot of them are women, which I think is pretty great. And I've already learned a lot. And the company itself is so flexible. They they really put their employees first and they want us to do good work but also just be be healthy people so we can put out our best work and put our best foot forward every time. So just seeing how much this company is driven by its people and not by money makes me feel feel really great. So all my peers at the company, coworkers have been awesome and I've got to meet so many of them one-on-one and just have great conversations. So the work itself is exciting to me along with my coworkers. I'm very glad with my decision. That's me after one month and I hope it stays that way. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. It sounds like it's been a great fit thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, I, have, I do have another question though. I know sure. a lot of times when people start out, they find a mentor like within that specific company so do you Mm -hmm. have that and also do you have any advice for people looking to Mm. find a mentor in their company like how would someone go about doing that yeah I guess this is probably pretty specific to each company so along with my boss which I meet with her weekly to just update her on my work and see if I can get more work. My company has mentors groups, like small groups you can sign up for, and I I think they're like five to ten people, and some of them are seniors in the company, and the other ones are juniors, so it's just like a mentorship, mentorship circle, and then they have meetings like once a month to just 
learn more about the company and learn about professional I mean their professional career so probably depends on the company my my company also has little groups you can join so we have a variety of like women in engineering like parents in in engineering etc you can join those groups and maybe find a mentor out of that and we also have like work related groups that you can join on one of our I guess software systems but if you like follow a stormwater group then people can post questions and then you can like get to know other people who are working in a similar field so there's probably many ways to find a mentor mentor circles are probably the best I guess if this if you're looking for someone outside of your your supervisor right yeah Mm -hmm. normally like you would talk to your supervisor about a lot of things though I think yeah but if you just want to meet other people at the company, at least I, I think most companies have many different opportunities to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really great advice. Do you have any other advice for just like meeting other people when you're settling in a new city? Like how in do you new meet city. new people? <laughs> okay, uh, that's a hard question, but I am having more success this time than last time I moved. So I that's think good. just really being open and talking to people. I luckily there was another girl moving into the same apartment complex I'm in. It's a house, but there's like eight apartments. And so she was moving in a few weeks after I was. So I made an effort to like get to know her at least like say hello when she was moving in and and we actually hung out this past weekend so I think you know meeting people who maybe live in the same building and might be in the same stage of life with similar interests is good also I have been hiking with my boss and this past weekend I went to went down to the river with one of my other co-workers so I think saying yes to social activities is probably pretty pretty big even if it's kind of awkward you know hiking with your boss what is what does that mean like do I have to live up to some expectations and in reality your boss probably just wants to get to know you so I think not being scared and just putting yourself out there yeah I think that's really good advice too so I mean obviously I I just feel like I haven't had to like really meet new people Mm mm-hmm like, in a non, like, controlled setting since the beginning of college, maybe. Yeah. Because, like, last year when I did my internship for, like, the full year when I did my research internship, um, I mean, I was basically, like, just, like, interacting with the other people that were in my lab, like, the other students Mm -hmm. in my lab as well and other people that I knew. Um, and there was also, like, very, like, not a lot of time to, like, meet new people, but... Yeah, I think, like, trying to meet new people when you go to a new city, I think that's, like, a really good idea so you can build, a like, a good support system there as well. Yeah, and I think working full-time is now the opportunity to really indulge in your hobbies, and I think that'll bring you friend groups, too. If you're constantly mm-hmm. going to, like, the rock climbing gym the same day, same time every week, you're going to meet people and maybe make friends out of it. So I think it also allows you to do that. Yeah. Just be open to new opportunities. I think that's like what people should take from this, basically. Um, I think that was 
all the questions that I had for you, but it sounds like your first month has been going super well. Yes. (laughs) I'm happy. That's good. I'm really happy for you. Um, Thanks. I don't know. Do you have any other words of advice that you want to impart upon our listeners? I think something that's important to me is feeling like I fit in, and I think that's common with everyone. So like I mentioned earlier, be yourself and find your place in the company. You might not be the loudest or the most social person, but your company wants you there. They they chose you. They already liked you coming into it and you like them. So don't be afraid right. to, to be yourself. Right. Just remember there's a reason you're there. There's a reason they chose you. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't choose the company and they also wouldn't choose you if like both of you thought that it was a bad fit. So, exactly. and if you don't like it, there's always, like, you can always try to look for a new job in, like, a year or something, but just try it out. See what mm-hmm. happens. You might be surprised. Um, but, yeah, I think we know that it's, like, super hard to transition from undergrad to professional school or to, like, even transition out of being in school at all because, you know, that's all we've known for forever it's so difficult to like not have school anymore. I mean, obviously I'm still in school, but but you're not. And if anyone else is going through this and they have any other questions or if anyone is thinking about either going into a more professional school or is thinking about, you know, transitioning out from that into industry and you have questions, definitely either reach out to us directly or submit them to our podcast website form at she's an engineer podcast.com. So I think that's all for today, right? I think that is. Okay. So thank you guys so much for listening and we will catch you back here in two weeks. Bye. Bye.